Hello everyone, welcome to the third interview um, with Product People. This is for the Product Coalition, publication on Medium, with productcoalition.com and between me and product managers and just generally product people around the world, we come together and submit articles, chat on Slack and do what we're doing now which is interview product people. Today uh, we've got a bit of a different angle which is refreshing. Um, we're going to be speaking to Terry Hannanen in the Helsinki area of Finland. Um, Terry is a service designer and consultant and what's refreshing is we're going to be talking about applying service design and design thinking um, to product management on a day-to-day -day basis and how service design and design thinking might be able to assist with frustrations of product management or improve products and businesses and the value that's ultimately delivered to customers as well. So Terry, sorry I'm not pronouncing the name correctly but thank you for joining us and thank you for taking some time um, to, to talk through service design. Um, but before we get into the discussion about service design and design thinking overall, um, we'd love you, for you to introduce yourself and your background and maybe introduce how, how you got an understanding of design thinking and why it appealed to you. Okay, hi. Um, so I'm Terhi. And um, I've worked in, in media companies and, and a big telco and with a big, big, or big in Finnish, Finnish scale, <laughs> uh, B2C services. So old school platforms like classifieds and, and TV. So I have a back technical background, technical education. And um, I've been working quite a lot of with um, technical teams in the past but um, then I ran into some service designers in past projects and got intrigued by it and I think it was maybe five years ago and um, then slowly started to build my knowledge on the topic and, and then last spring finally did the leap from a quite good corporate career to a very very small um, agency so so I, I transformed from this kind of very clear and focused product that product management role to a more like creative problem solver and and humanist type of role now and and learning every day in the craft Fantastic. facilitation and, and problem solving yeah Brilliant. Okay, so it's nice to hear a, a, a change in direction from a career perspective. is always a brave step for anyone, but um, you're obviously doing it with a passion, um, which is fantastic. And then uh, don't doubt still being able to bring those technical and team leadership skills to to service design, regardless. Um, yeah. You, yeah. Could you talk us through just just the very basics of what what, what does design thinking mean? In my experience, it often gets confused or misunderstood because of the word design. Um, so yeah. could, could you talk us through a li little bit about that? Yeah, well, the design is there, uh, but it's in a kind of generalist 
way so that it's it's the the way designers typically solve problems that's similar so instead of applying it to designing items you are applying those same ways of thinking and solving problems to to anything really so uh, so it's a it's nothing more than just uh, a way of solving problems holistically and and uh, focused on people instead of just the uh, feasibility or the fo- form and the function of it it's it's more like focused on on the empathy and 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 how are the people actually in their context going to use the service or the product okay so it's not not i i for me it's um sometimes when you read blogs or books it seems quite complicated or maybe academic but for me i feel it's quite practical and and it's a craft so uh, that's why i wanted to speak with you because i want to bring out that it's really it's really not that hard (laughs) or it's not that um academic that it may seem at first okay um so let's talk a little bit about um for for the average product manager uh, out, out there mm. uh, which is a very bold statement in itself but, for, yeah. for, but if, 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 you, if you're managing a product um, and let's go with the assumption of it's a digital product um, mm. uh, how could you start to think about changing your mindset or, or what did what did you first in your personal experience how did your mindset start to change when it came to design thinking what were some of the early changes you made personally uh well uh, i think it was that it felt refreshing kind of because i i worked with very traditional companies with very strong silos and i think that's um a world where quite a few product managers find themselves in so um there wasn't real cooperation inside the company so it's very siloed and and the 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 so-called cross-functional team is more like everyone just reporting on their their own uh, kpis and and not really coming together to solve the problems so it's like someone presenting something and then the next person presents something else and so I felt like I um, we we weren't really even on the same page on what was the value we are trying to create for the customer. So those were the kind of I somehow I, I felt that there is something lacking all the time. We are very focused on the data and we are we are uh, trying to predict the future based on the data from the past. And, and crunching numbers and and so but, but still I felt like there was something deeper I needed to know or understand and I felt that we were not cooperating uh, very effectively so that's why the first time I met 
service designers and and was part of a project that was using or or kind of run by service designers i was kind of immediately hooked that they they forced us away from our laptops and they forced us on on kind of independent thinking and and really understanding the customer and the context where they are and and the emotions they have when they're using our products so yeah that was a turning point for me really being part of one project okay so that first hands-on experience um yeah change it sounds though that it was uh, although there was obviously your personal mindset change did did, did mm. the rest of the team or organization also respond in the same way that you did to service design yeah in that project but then of course when the service designers left okay. because they were consultants from outside then it was again back to the old habits okay and and, and that was kind of even more frustrating for me because then i I obviously, when I was so excited, I tried to, um, I tried to make everyone involved in the same way. But of course, then I wasn't very good at facilitating, or, or I didn't understand the methods so well. So then everyone was just like a little bit rolling their eyes, like, "Oh yeah, come on, right? <laughs> don't don't try it. Come on." So, so that was also another experience then uh, that um, sometimes uh, it, it doesn't help that the service designers from somewhere just come, they run a project and then they go uh, and everything just stays the same. Okay. So that's, that's one reason why I'm so eager to, to kind of push people to kind of learn from themselves, Le learn it and, and just, I, I learned it by, by just trial and error. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, of course, it's um, depending on the, on the organization that can you try and, and even though it fails probably the first yep. two or three times, still kind of keep trying. Okay, and, and that's of course it requires quite a lot of internal selling of also and trust in your peers. Yeah, okay. Like many methodologies or frameworks or ways yeah. of thinking, needs to be embodied in the almost in the culture of the organisation as a way yeah. of working, yeah. as opposed to a process diagram that shows it needs to be front yeah. of mind as a way of working. Okay. Yeah. Could since then, um, I, I know you've been on other, other projects. Um, Mm. Where you've used design thinking, could you talk us through um, how you've used it for for problem solving or identifying unique value in products or businesses or identifying mm. opportunities? Could you talk us through maybe a couple of those? Yeah, yeah. So of course now I'm in an agency, and but uh, we are trying to kind of find customers who would like to build a long-term relationship with us because of what I just said, that uh, if we go in, do a project, move on, then then they want, will have one good project, but 
nothing else will stick. So, so we've had some customers with, with a long, long-term relationship, and one of them is in real estate, and that's really interesting because it started so that they asked us to, to come up with a uh, disruptive um, concept so that they would come out with a disruptive kind of disrupting also their own business. Wow, okay. But, um, yeah, and, and, and we did. So we, we went out and we interviewed and we did ethnography and, and really deep uh, kind of open-ended uh, process so that I think um, service design and design thinking can also be you need to understand that if you if you go into the process with um, with kind of focus that it will be a service that we will be the result of this process then it will look quite different than when you go into the process with a totally open end that we don't know at all what will come out that you don't have this kind of focus that now we will design a service or now we will design a product you will go in like totally open-minded totally kind of plain paper and 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 start just seeing and and studying people and and yeah we got we got a i think a great concept which was so disruptive that um after three years we're still trying to sell Ah. (laughs) to the customer it requires a bit of courage to go to that direction right but then what uh what they understood then it was that we can actually get some really good results with this way so then we did another project with much more kind of narrow focus and ended up with um, kind of a concept of how to bring some emotions into the um, real estate kind of selling an apartment process. Right. And, and, and now that's actually the, the concept is working very well. We, we were part of the implementation project and now we are improving it. So so now it has been out for a couple of months. Then we go out again and start in- interviewing, like, how is it working? How should it be improved? What kind of emotion has it brought out in, in the people who have sold their houses or bought their houses? Um, and, and found out some new angles to it so uh, so I think it's very gratifying for us and and the customer as well that now uh, they understand why we put out the minimum viable concept at at first because we couldn't know how people would actually react to it and now we can improve it with um, very concrete steps and, and be quite certain that uh, those steps will be uh, well adopted by the, by the customers. Okay. And everything is co-created with the customers. So we've had a, quite a lot of workshops and interviews with people, much more than uh, kind of... It's, it's, it's actually doing stuff with people instead of just talking about the people. 
Okay, so there's there's two. I think that's 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 the biggest difference. It's like actually yeah. really going out and doing stuff with people instead of just staying staying at the office and talking about yep. the data shows and, and yep. you know. So uh, the, the question I've got for you, you talked to earlier around um, having an open mind uh, mm. and not assuming that you know the solution. And when I think mm -hmm. about yeah, both in small and large enterprises, um, it, it's, it's traditionally been uh, a strategy with operational things that need to happen in order yeah. to deliver on a strategy. Uh, yeah. That's quite often driven by uh, vendors coming in and selling mm -hmm. their solutions and yeah. a team of people choosing what they believe is the best solution and implementing it. And only mm -hmm. then after you've implemented it do you know whether it was the right one or not, which is obviously yeah. very, very costly. With yeah. the, although that's costly, what it does though, I, I feel is it gives executives comfort in knowing exactly what will be happening in three months, in six months, and in 12 months. What mm -hmm. I'm hearing though is when it comes to design thinking is we can't tell you exactly where we'll be in three months, but we can tell yeah. you we'll have a better understanding of the needs of, of the customer, but we wouldn't have shipped a, a product necessarily or shipped a vendor solution. Yeah. How do you find selling that to an executive who is typically <laughs> always known what's three or six months ahead, maybe not necessarily on time, but knows what he's going to be getting? How do you find having that conversation? Uh, yeah, that's a very good question because that's the, I think the biggest problem for us as service designers is selling and, and, and the kind of trying to to help people understand what we can bring to the table and, and really uh, making them understand that it's in, in, in this innovation economy and a net, networked economy where where startups can can really disrupt uh, the whole industry just like that globally and and you wouldn't know two weeks before that that kind of disruption is coming so it's like it's it's false kind of security uh, right um trying to convince yourself that because I know we will get this thing out in three months, if you don't know, will your customers buy it or not? Or, or will it make their life better or not? Uh, then, then it's really false security. Very so, true. Very true. Yeah. I suppose that's when it often falls back to just spending more money on marketing. Um, or spend more money on the brand in in order to make up the difference of not delivering accurately on the needs of the customer. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's why um, in startups you see quite a lot of kind of designers nowadays part of the the founding team because that's the only way they can survive. They don't have that kind of marketing possibilities. They they really need to create the pull. And, and traditionally, the enterprise is really reliant on the push. And that's, that's not working. 
at least not as well as it used to because you don't have that kind of mass media channels anymore where you can push stuff out as effectively as you used to so you really need to be able to create the pool that the customers will come to you and 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 that they want to create a relationship with you and and the old ways of doing are not just not creating that absolutely absolutely i'm i'm all for it um uh you know i i get it and we've we've spoken about um changing the way there's a mindset change to this and Mm. there's also a way of working within an organization yeah um when it comes to first steps to adopting design thinking to identify customer value or opportunities, um, mm. for a product manager who this is new to, or an enterprise that this is new to, or even a startup entrepreneur on his own, mm. what's the best way to go about picking up some of these skills and um, start to change that mindset um, of simply building something and launching it? Mm. Well, there's nowadays, of course, online, there's a lot of, of good uh, stuff. And and I would, I, now, if I think back, uh, how should I have brought it in into my everyday work as a product manager, I probably would uh, take some really simple methods, like I, I like the five whys, that you just keep asking why until everyone is exhausted, but you probably dug up something useful. And and the other one is really because I, as a product manager, of course, I've been uh, meeting with customers, and and I've had vendors come in and and meet me. And those are meetings that I would like to change, really uh, from. They are also often like I report something, you report something, and then we discuss a little bit, and then it's bye bye. To really kind of co-creating something with the customer, really interviewing on the context they have, on the the business problem they are trying to solve for their customers, and and really go deep under the skin. So. Uh, those are probably two two sweet spots that I would start, okay. like internal internal uh, cross functional team meetings. Yep. Start doing some simple uh, ideation right. uh, workshops, yep. and and then they'll maybe have um, external service designer and come and facilitate. Uh, if you can afford that yep. but then really just practice practice <laughs> and yep. then with the with with the customers really uh don't um don't settle on the normal kind of um we'll send this questionnaire yep. type of uh, web form uh let's collect some uh yes and no answers but go out and, and use an hour, hour and a half with your customer. Really go through the whole journey that they have with you. Like what it was like to, to, 
to compare the alternatives and what it was like to to really um, buy the product from us and, and what it was like to use it and how do you find, you know, the yeah. whole journey, even with customers who have already left you because those customers can usually tell you a lot more than those who are yep. just new, new or just uh, used your product for a couple of weeks. Okay. So, I'm, so, I'm hearing... so challenge, challenge yourself a little bit, go... Spend Go time with customers. A little bit out of your, yeah. It sounds like something, zone. it's very, if, if you really wanted to, it doesn't cost anything to try this. Um, no. And you don't no. need to do it with a new product or new concept. You could quite simply start with taking the existing customer journey and just experience yeah. that hands-on with some real customers in real life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think I think really it's, um, if, you, if, if there's something new and... Um, well, like in today's world, almost everything is quite complex and, and you probably need to build some kind of ecosystem and so. Then it's better to have a, a seasoned service designer help you with that, like really facilitate it properly because you probably have bigger uh, amounts of, of uh, kind of people coming in and, and, and a lot of things you need to take into account. But when you have an existing product you need to improve and optimize, then you can really benefit a lot of, of when with knowing these methods yourself and, and kind of improving your work as a product manager, kind okay. of going out from the comfort zone of, of just looking at the data and, and yep. uh, working with the Excel sheet. Okay. So there's some there's some self uh, benefit from this um, uh, to be a better uh, product yeah. manager. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's really, I think my message that I am not trying to replace uh, trained, educated service designers because you will really understand why you need those people when you're doing something complex, something bigger, and something completely new. But when when you are running your own product, product day to day, there there are just simply not enough service designers in this world to replace all those kind of dull meetings. So yep. that's why I think it would be really good for all the product managers to to get some like facilitating skill, facilitating discussions. I think and and harnessing the collective intelligence of the organization and outside also your customers and other stakeholders. That is a skill that every product manager should have and that is a design thinking skill. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Just staying on the product management skills and how product managers can adopt this day-to-day. -day. I know our followers on Product Coalition come from startup founders all the way up to enterprise product managers and CEOs. They're each going to have their own ways of working, whether it's agile, scaled agile, Kanban, lean, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, how, how, does, how would they integrate service design or design thinking into day-to-day -day workflows? What are the tweaks they'd need to change um, to consider adopting this without disrupting the way the rest of the teams are working at the moment? 
Mm. Well, um, I, we have used design sprints. Okay. So uh, there is a design team uh, runs a couple of sprints ahead of the developers. Could you talk through a little bit about what's in a design sprint for us? Sorry. Uh, well, I think every company should design their own design sprints, but uh, we usually have had uh, the key stakeholders, the product manager, the, the UX designer, and then we'll bring in the necessary people from marketing, sales, customer service, operations, architects, anyone who needs to be involved in the thing that we are designing currently. So that, that's, uh, that's kind of a business design kind of sprint. And then when we have all the stories and everything designed, then it's handed over to the development team. Okay. So it's it's like then you don't have to do the decision making and discussion and and uh, getting the stakeholders involved and stuff like that, as the developers are already coding. Right. So they get kind of pre-designed stuff. Yeah. But it's still it's still not like quite closely connected. It's just maybe one or two sprints mm. ahead, so that it's not. So that you design something, and then six months later, it comes into yeah, the release. Yeah, so small, develop. small chunks of um, yeah, very work, small de delivery. Very value. small chunks. Yeah, you, you talked right at the start around um, sh shared understanding within a team through service design in your very first project experience, um, and we were just talking about programmers, engineers. Um, then, do you involve them in design sprints? And because you talked so much earlier around empathy for the customer and really understanding the customer's needs, mm. how does that information transition into the development or engineering team? Um, we do get them involved right. in the also kind of depending on what part of the system is affected by the okay. design we're doing yeah. because of course big part of design is feasibility if we're designing something that's not at all uh, possible to create or it will cost huge amounts of money it doesn't make any sense so we need to have the the, the technical team members there with us to to tell what is actually feasible to do so I think the I think the the Venn diagram of, of design thinking where where you the sweet speed spots is between viability, desirability, and feasibility is really good because uh, because um the customer is really the one you need to keep uh, in mind to create something that's desirable, but then of course it needs to be viable in a in a business way. So you need to have the business people there with you. Um, but it also needs to be feasible, so that's where the tech or the whatever way you're going to implement it. If if we're talking about a digital service, then of course you need to have the people who are going to implement it. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much for for taking some time in Helsinki um, on the other side of the world from me, Melbourne here. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's been a really, really interesting conversation from a um, a, a non typical angle around product management, and I think um, people watching this and who subscribe to the Product Coalition on Medium will find it really, really interesting, and um, hopefully give provoke some thoughts and take on mm-hmm. um, some lessons from yourself around how it can make you a better product manager, but also make product management easier for you in in the workplace. Mm-hmm. As well, so thank you very much. And and when be, maybe we can collect, I can collect some links. Yeah, feel free to shoot through some some links, and um, I'll I'll share those below this video on YouTube, and also yeah. in the article on Medium um, to help people get get started and um, to, yeah. to reach out to yourself if they need to as well. Yeah, sure. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great uh, day in Helsinki. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll speak Thank to you, you soon. Thank you, Jay. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, so there's a, a completely different interview um, to to the last two that we've done, um, that, that where I'm going out and meeting product people from around the world. So far, we've spoken to Leah and Ricky from Upspot.io on. Um, the startup world and building a product from from the ground up, quite literally out of nothing. Uh, then we we um, last week we spoke to O'Reilly from Seenit.io on um, running the the head of product role at Seenit, and really we went through the lean canvas almost step by step as to what Seenit delivers uh, from a unique value perspective and. The problems they identified, customers they identified to bring that product to market. And today, service design and design thinking. Um, with Terry, I can't roll my eyes like I'm meant to when saying Terry's name. I'm sorry, um, but hopefully, hopefully you found this interesting. And um, you know, subscribe to the channel, and I look forward to delivering more of these interviews to you guys in in the future. That's all for now. Thank you. <laughs>